Welcome to the Profit Cast. We're here to talk football. That's football. But we're covering all our local teams too. We bring the unique perspectives of a player and a coach collaborating on the things that bring us together and sometimes tear us apart. This, this is, is the, the Profit, Profit Cast. Cast. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's another week of the Profit Cast, and we got some college football to talk. The, the CFP, the second round of rankings are out here in week 11 of the college football season. What are some things that are standing out to you at this point in the season, Luke? Who are some teams that are impressive to you and maybe, maybe some similarities and perhaps disagreements between your rankings and the CFP rankings and how you see this week playing out? Yeah, well, actually, my rankings are very similar, especially through the middle. Um, through the first... 14 through the first 17 teams we only have two differences with i have washington at four and florida state at five which is actually a pretty big difference because both of those teams could win out mm -hmm. for sure and i think if both of those teams went out it would be an awful shame if florida state got into the playoffs over washington i agree and this is because of the schedule that washington has played with beating good teams. First of all, they beat Oregon, which is a very impressive team, yeah. ranked sixth in the country. The best win Florida State has is LSU, who is six and three right now. Yep. Ooh. Granted, they've also played a great schedule, so LSU is a good team, but I mean... Just that, the, that win against Oregon says a lot more than a win against LSU. It does. Would you pick Florida State over Oregon right now? I... Mm, probably would, but if if Oregon wins the big or if Oregon wins the Pac-12, I would probably take Oregon over Washington or over Florida State. Yeah, I don't know. It would be I I I feel I feel like head to head Oregon would probably win that matchup. I I think they might. Yeah. It, and, I mean, I feel like Florida State is probably right at that same level with Texas, where if they played each other, it could go either way. Yeah. But you know, and that being said, as I'm looking down the rankings. I would, I would have, I would say that Florida State would probably have a hard time beating Alabama. Yeah. If they if they were to face off this next week. But yeah, yeah. there's there's just a, a lot of interesting things going on when you get into that hypothetical realm. But looking at going from the hypothetical into into reality, we we got from from week one to week two, the top eight teams stayed unchanged. We have a a really big matchup this week with uh, number three Michigan and number ten Penn State. That would. Uh, have some playoff implications for sure. Some some Big Ten East divisional, you know, status on the line with that game. Mm -hmm. What do you think about going into the Big House for that one? Yeah, that's a big game. It'll it'll say a lot about Michigan um, because it's a direct direct comparison to how Ohio State did, and that Ohio State Michigan game is such a big game, and this game has implications with that and. I mean, they can't sleep on Penn State. If they come right. in here expecting to win, looking forward to Ohio State, they could definitely drop this game to Penn State. Yep. Now, I don't think they will. I think Michigan is going to win this game. But if they got to be really careful they don't stub the toe on the Nittany Lions. Well, and I think, too, this will tell us how, um, how good Michigan is. Because I think, you know, just on paper, Michigan should win this game. You know, we look at the experience and what Penn State, Penn State's a good team, but they haven't been able to make it happen yet as far as winning the big game, taking one from one of the big dogs. 
whether that's a, a Penn State or a recruiting or a James Franklin error, it's hard to say. But with everything else that's going on with the sign stealing and all of the media attention that they've been receiving, is Michigan able to maintain their focus? A lot of times a better team will lose to a lesser team because the lesser team is able to have better focus, clearer, clearer minds when they're running towards this game. So that'll tell us a lot about what what all the NCAA investigation and media attention is is doing inside the locker room because you really you're not going to know that until the end of the game on Saturday. Yeah. Another big big matchup this week is Georgia and Ole Miss. Mm. That's going to be a fun game to watch and that's another one where Georgia should win this game but they got to be really careful they don't stub their toe on Ole Miss. Yep. Ole Miss is a good football team. They've played good teams. They're 8 and 1 on a pretty tough schedule and yeah, the interesting thing with these games is Michigan is favored by four against Penn State. Georgia is favored by 11 over Ole Miss. So that is, it's a big spread on that one, and I'm, I'm pretty surprised by it, actually. Yeah. I would, I would put that spread a little lower. I think it's going to be a close game. Ole, Ole Miss has definitely played good teams with losses to Alabama, wins over LSU and Tulane. So gave Tulane their only loss of the year, so that's another win that Pretty impressive. Don't sleep on, yeah. Definitely should be a good game to watch. Another game I want that, you know, may, might not have uh, quite the matchup that we think, but it definitely has implications either way. What do you think about number six, Oregon, eight and one, going up against unranked seven and three USC? I yeah. mean, I think Oregon should win this game, but it does have implications for the draft. Exactly. With... If if Caleb Williams is seven and four after this game, does that start to hurt his draft stock? Is he is he looking for at the beginning of the year? You know, he was clear cut number one. They were they were writing his name in Canton before he ever even took his first snap. You know, saying he was just going to be best quarterback in the league, right up there with Mahomes. And now he's not even. I mean, he's bowl eligible, sure, but they're not in contention for the Pac-12 title anymore. They're definitely not going to the playoffs. What what does this say about his future? Yeah, I mean, it definitely plays an impact because it's not that he doesn't have enough talent around him. There's plenty of talent oh, at yeah. USC. I mean, I'm not sure what their offensive line situation's like, but just it's not great. Yeah, <laughs> but just with the all the receivers he has, mm -hmm. I mean, they should definitely be up there with Oregon and Washington. There's no reason they shouldn't be. And right now, I would probably have Drake May as the first overall pick if yeah. I'm. Whoever the team is that gets that pick, I, I won't even speculate as to that right now. But like, I would be taking a good long look at Drake May. Yep, and and this is why it's so interesting. And we we this podcast does a lot with the NFL draft, and there's so much to consider here because you have obviously this is a big game for Caleb Williams. You got the rest of the season, but from from Caleb Williams' last game until the NFL draft, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. You got you got the NFL playoffs that are going on. You got all of the combine stuff. You know he's the type of guy that he he looks really good on camera. He's gonna he's gonna do really well with all of the pre draft media stuff. So as if his stock falls now, will it pick back up during that time? And really, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the the general managers and coaches of teams that haven't done well this year in the NFL are going to be making a decision based on what their whatever their evaluating system is. Mm -hmm. And you know, last year there was a lot of people that were absolutely convinced that Bryce Young was better than CJ Stroud. 
I think they're a lot less convinced of that right now. Yeah. And it wasn't me, just just so you know. Right, I did right. Have, a I lot did of have the national pundits. Yes. <laughs> as my number one quarterback because I'm a bit of a – I won't brag. but um, <laughs> Sure. Very humble on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this else? is a great year for quarterbacks in the yes. draft. I, I'll wait to get into all the NFL yes. draft stuff. but It doesn't pack, take much to get Luke started on the draft. These Pac-12 quarterbacks – are very impressive with, yes. I mean, say what you want about Shador Sanders. He's a dang good quarterback yep. on the field. And Michael Penix and Bo Nix and even Cameron Ward at Washington State. It's it's a fun conference to watch with the quarterbacks. Indeed. Well, now we're going to jump from big picture playoff and national rankings into our conference, uh, the Big Ten, and specifically the Big Ten West. We're looking at standings right now. Nebraska, as many of you know, dropped a – heartbreaker last week just like they dropped the ball uh if you can't hold on to the ball you're gonna have a hard time holding on to your hopes and dreams for the uh for the end of the season but but surprisingly at five and four we're not out of the race for the west (laughs) so when we look at what's going on in the big 10 right now iowa is seven and two overall four and two in the conference they're number one but Minnesota is two, Wisconsin is three, Nebraska is four, and technically we're tied with Wisconsin. Any of those teams could win out. And as as Luke and I were just talking, Nebraska, if we won out, we would need Minnesota to lose a game in order for us to win the West. Yeah. However, if it were just up to me and my preference and what I would like to see happen, I would love to see Nebraska win out, sure. But it would be fun if Minnesota also won out so that we wouldn't have to go to the Big Ten Championship game and just get our behinds handed to oh, us. That's by a great Ohio attitude State to have, Michigan. Nebraska fan over there, fake fan. Hey, now, hey, now. You know what? How are we supposed to compete with a team that steals signs and gets away with it? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just going to steal our signs. That's right. We're not going to win because steal they know what sign. we're running. <laughs> they're going to steal our sign just like they've been stealing every conference championship from us since 99. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. No, I think I think if Nebraska won out, you know, and you're looking at a you're looking at a eight and four team at the end of the regular season getting to a, a respectable bowl game. I don't want to go to a six and six type of chicken farm bowl game. Like I do not like that. Especially if it's one you where you want to go to the foster farm. I do not bowl. want to go to the foster farms bowl. And here's why. If you go to a bowl game that doesn't mean anything and it's just more of a consolation prize, anybody that's got any sort of talent is going to say, you know what, I appreciate my team, but I got to look out for myself. I'm going to prepare for the draft. I'm going to do what's good for me. And so on both teams, so you're not even going to watch a good football game. And it's going to fall on like a Tuesday at 1.30 in the afternoon when everybody's working, and it's going to be probably streaming live on Peacock. Don't get me started on that. But it's just <laughs> such a ridiculous that, you know, and, it, and if you only win half your games, you don't really deserve a reward. Now, w- one of us here of these two uh, podcast co-hosts is still in school. So let me ask you this, Luke, if you were taking a, a final towards the end of semester in a class, and you did really good, you got half of the answers on that test, right? Are you <laughs> are you going to be getting a reward by your parents? Are you going to be getting a slap on the back by your teachers? No, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you got to do better than just getting half of them, right? So so, I mean, if Nebraska, I would love to see us win out. And I think it's very possible, like we said, because the Big Ten West is is pretty sad. And when we're able to do, you know, the little things right, like hold on to the football, we should have beat Michigan State. 
and we Minnesota. Can, and, yes, there's lots of things. Well, and if we could hold on to our signs a little bit better, maybe we would have beat Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but we can we can look at all of the games ahead of us this week. Maryland, which is a good team, you know, has some high powered offensive players, but our defense can shut down really good offenses. But we got to find a way to be able to move the ball for the Nebraska offense. And you can't move the ball if you're not holding on to it. All right. For our listeners out there, I would just like to say I believe Levi is one of those Husker fans that is maybe stuck in the glory days a little bit. Just because I was alive during them. <laughs> <laughs> you see, what what's going on inside his brain is nothing is worth celebrating unless we're in the national championship or in the New Year's Six Bowl. He's not... He's not willing to be grateful for just making a making a bowl game. You see, guys like me, we just we just have gratitude for what we can get. If we make a bowl game, we recognize, hey, we haven't made a bowl game since 2016. We're doing good. You know, Matt Rule is the greatest. You know, we just gotta take our take our lumps and and be grateful for what we can get. Didn't, uh, didn't your mom ever tell you you get you get what you get and you don't throw a fit? Um, well, we have a four year old in our house, so we've definitely said that to him. Uh, but you know, I think I think there's a difference between being grateful for what you have, which we could do a whole podcast on that because Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and I I think uh, gratitude and Thanksgiving is is a quality that everyone can have. Um, and should have, especially if you're fortunate enough to be like us, where you get three meals a day and can watch as much football as you want, even if it's not to the quality that you <laughs> wish it was. So I think, yes, definitely we can be thankful that we are able to beat teams like Purdue and Illinois and Northwestern. But I, I, want, I want better. You know, I, I think as you know, if if like I said before, if you got half the answers right on your semester final test, you know what? That's great. That's half half of the test. You did really, really well, but you probably still need you still have a little bit of work to do. You still have some studying to do. And and you probably left a few of them on the table there. So, yeah, if, if we're six and six and we go to a Foster Farms Bowl, obviously that's better than the alternative. But I I'm not going to overreact and say, oh, you know, focusing on how bad it was. And now we've, you know, as if giving our team a free pass and saying we're, we're so much better. And I don't know. I, now that I, now that I hear myself say it, I say, you know, you do have to be thankful for what you have, but, but that competitive drive. And I think part of that is what Matt rule says. He said, you know, I saw a clip of him after the, um, after our last win, when we got the fifth win, he was walking towards the tunnel and somebody yelled at him only one more. We only need one more win to be bowl eligible. And he said, I don't want that. I want to win all the rest of them. And, you know, we're not just looking for mediocrity. We're, we're looking for something great. And, and yeah, we'll see. I think, I think Matt Rule has showed us a few things that we can be really excited about. I am a little nervous about his ability to assess the quarterback position. I don't think Nebraska's had a good coach to assess that position really since Tom Osborne. Um, and so... And that's one of the most important parts of the of the game of football. Now, part of that might just be we've only seen him in one year. We don't know what he's recruiting and what he's got down the pike. And at least he did pivot from Jeff Sins to Heinrich. But, you know, there's there's a lot more to be seen with with rule. Uh, so I don't know. I'm trying to keep my my hopes from being raised up so high like they were two weeks ago, <laughs> only to be dashed against the rocks if we can't hold on to the rock. Yeah. 
So once again, to make it to the Big Ten Championship, we win our next three games. We need Minnesota to lose one game. Which the Gophers are capable of losing a game. They've yeah. proven that four times this year. So that's what we need. Well, moving on up, we'll check out what's happening in the NFL. We're halfway through the NFL season. We're starting to get a little bit clearer picture of what the playoffs might look like. Some teams that are staying alive. Some teams that are trying to figure things out still. But some big games that we saw this last week, over all the way over in Germany, the, the Kansas City Chiefs found a way to hold the mighty, mighty Dolphins offense to only 14 points. They got the win there for uh, possible home field status in, in the AFC playoffs. What'd you, what do you think about that game, Luke? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely thought there were going to be more points scored. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're thinking about these teams. It's going to be an offensive explosion. Whoever gets the ball last is going to win. But these defenses were able to keep keep their counterparts in check for the most part. Yeah, for, for the longest time when you thought, at least for, you know, in recent history, when you hear Kansas City, you think big, big-time showy offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Same with Miami. They put up 70 just a few weeks ago. But both teams have really been playing well. Their defenses have kept them in games and really increased their level of play. Yeah, their their defenses have definitely been impressive. That's what we were we were seeing with Miami kind of towards the beginning of the season. Like, all right, they're gonna have to start stopping teams. I mean, they let the Chargers score 34, that they, yep. they let a bunch of teams score 20, but then, you know, down the stretch they've gradually, gradually been kind of decreasing a little bit in how many points they've allowed. Yeah, keeping Patrick Mahomes to under 200 passing yards, that's almost unheard of in his career. Yeah. And, uh, I okay, so I, I saw an interview with Tyree Kill before the game about how he's going to eat against the, the Chiefs and all this stuff. Pretty mediocre game for him. Yep. I mean, 62 yards, eight, eight catches. Yep. That's not Tyreek numbers. No, so. no. Um, but... All that to be said, he is having an incredible season. He is. And he is on pace to break the all-time receiving yards record for the NFL. And who knows what other kind of records he'll break along the way. So we, we might talk a little bit more Tyreek Hill when we're looking at end-of-the-season awards with Offensive Player of the Year, maybe even MVP, depending on how many more yards and touchdowns he has in front of him. Yeah, for sure. But a couple other teams to look to keep an eye on. And, you know, I haven't had a chance to watch the Ravens yet this year, but I really want to. This last week they played uh, Seattle Seahawks in the Battle of the Birds, and we thought, you know, this might be a good game to keep your eye on. Seattle's, you know, a competitive team in the NFC West, but Baltimore just handed it to them. Second oh, week in a row yeah. where they had just a really big win against a good NFC team. Baltimore 37, Seattle 3, final score there. <laughs> Baltimore had over 500 yards of offense, and they held Seattle to just 151. Just an absolute blowout of a good team. Now, as we look at this, you you hear that and you look at what Baltimore's been doing recently and you say, wow, they're they're like the best team in the AFC. They could easily be the number one overall seed and host playoffs. And I think that that's definitely possible. I think they're a good team. But when you look at the road that's ahead of them, I was looking across the AFC trying to figure out what the playoffs were going to look like. Their division is tough. It is. If the playoffs started today, you would have your four division winners and all three wild cards would go into that division with the the Browns, the Bengals, the Steelers, all getting those wild card points. Now, Baltimore's got to play all of those teams again. They've got 
they've got a huge slate of games coming up. Really, really like, tough, tough slate of games for the Ravens. So they, are they, they going to win most the, of them? I would, I would think so. Yeah. But you're not going to go through something like that unscathed. You're going to get maybe an injury or just a close game or just be tired going from a Thursday to a Monday or something like that where they could drop a game that would probably be winnable otherwise. Mm-hmm. These aren't all standalone. It's a full season of of body of work to do to get that number one overall seed. I would say that right now Kansas City has got a, a really good shot at hosting the playoffs as they have previously. But you got to keep an eye on Baltimore. I'm really going to yeah. try to get to get to a TV so I can watch the Ravens mm-hmm. and see what they look like in real time. But I don't know if you're looking at their schedule right now, but they only play one team right now that is worse than five and three coming up. Goodness. They've got the Rams, who are three and six, so that's that should be a a bit of an easier game. But then they gotta play the Browns, the Bengals, the Chargers. I guess are four and four, but then you've got the Jaguars and the Forty Niners and a lot the of, Dolphins. A lot of playoff caliber teams. Yeah, they've got. I mean, I they're a good team, but I don't think they have a very good chance of getting that first overall. Season. Yeah, I don't think so. And and Cincinnati again in that division. Cincinnati's been surging with a good win this last week against Buffalo. They started the year pretty rough, but now they're looking a lot more true to form as that team that has been in the AFC Championship game the last two years. And you know, two years ago was just a few plays removed from winning the Super Bowl. So Cincinnati is still got that chip on their shoulder, still saying, "Hey, it's our time. This window's not closed. We got a healthy Joe Burrow. We can take on the world." Yeah, for sure. Another thing I just want to touch on. CJ Stroud has has arrived and this yep. is bittersweet for me, mostly bitter because <laughs> it came against my beloved Buccaneers. Yep. But oh, broke I think he, he broke the he record for all time rookie passing yards in a game. And then he threw for a touchdown after he had already broken the record. Yeah. He breaking Andrew Luck's record of four hundred and thirty three passing yards in a game, CJ Stroud had four seventy. He is absolutely something else. And Oh my goodness, he's fun to watch, and he's definitely definitely in the, probably the front runner for uh, offensive rookie of the year. Oh, absolutely! And he is. I don't know. He's fun to watch, and we're gonna be we're gonna be watching him for a long time. Yep. I have a feeling. Yeah, and and it's it's a little bit like when Joe Burrow was drafted by the Bengals. I mean, obviously he was hurt his first year. We didn't really know until until the second time around. But a lot of people looking at the Bengals at that time thought they're they're a ways. They're several good drafts away from being competitive. And in March of this year, we would have said the same thing about the mm-hmm. Texans. But and even the, go back a couple of years. Exactly. Too. It's been a while since they've been competitive. But they when they when they drafted CJ at two and then they turned right around, traded for the number three pick, that that pricked both our ears up. We say, okay. Texans are kind of tired of being mediocre. They're not in this for the long, long haul. They're trying to rebuild much at a much quicker rate than we anticipated. And now with the way that CJ's playing, he's given them hope to think that we're one or two pieces away. You know, they're not they're not currently set to make the playoffs, but they're in a weak, weak AFC South division. Mm -hmm. Anything could happen still. It's I would say it's a long shot for them to make playoffs this year, but you could easily see them adding one or two pieces and being really in the run to do some special things in the next couple of years. And this team is just insanely young. Uh, yeah. About half of those touchdown passes he was throwing were to Tank Dell, who's a fellow rookie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Damian Pierce, I think, is in his third year, something like that. And, yeah, 23 years old, so he's young too. 
You got Xavier Hutchinson, John Mechie. Nico Collins is pretty young, I believe. Let's see, 24. Nico, you got Jalen Petrie on the defensive side. Their leading tackler, Henry Toa Toa, 22. So they've got Will Will Anderson, obviously. This team is like so, so young, and it's just been a few good drafts over the years and some later middle-round picks, too. They've had some picks that didn't hit, but you you had Jalen Petrie, who was kind of a middle-round pick. You've got Tank Dell, who's a middle-round pick, Damian Pierce. So this Texans team, it, it's just another example of building through the draft. Yep. Well, and 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 coaching changed, too. They they got a first year head yeah, coach who I I'm, think is I'm impressed with him doing a really good job and I just I did a quick glance at the rest of their schedule I could easily see them going nine and seven which yeah. doesn't which doesn't guarantee you a spot in the playoffs but anything could happen nine and seven you could still be in the hunt for a wild card you could still uh you know at least give your fans the first winning season in a while in mm-hmm. Houston which would be going five and three. Yeah, that would yeah. that would be five and three on the rest of the year, which I think is doable. Mm-hmm. They still got to play Cincinnati. They still got to play Cleveland, uh, but they got other games against Denver, Tennessee twice. You know, they got some winnable games ahead of them for sure. Yeah, one more plug for the players preview. If you watch the Ravens game, their leading rusher in that game, Keaton Mitchell, was one of my top ten running backs in the draft class. So. This guy's got it. He'll he'll let you know what to look for when you're looking forward to future players and rookies that should have good careers. Uh, a couple other teams to touch on, out definitely outside of the playoffs. The New York Giants are struggling. Oh, yeah. uh, it's probably not long before you start seeing some movement there. They just lost Daniel Jones to an ACL tear, and their their coaches are going to have to do a lot to hold on to their jobs, I would say. Um, and then also, surprisingly, well, whether you believe this or not, a lot of people are saying that Bill Belichick could be on the hot seat. Now... <laughs> Has anyone that's won six Super Bowls ever been fired? No, because no coach has ever won six Super Bowls. But the the New England Patriots are just they lost this week to the, to Washington. They're two and seven on the year. Worst worst for the first time in Belichick's career. Do the New England Patriots have the worst record in the AFC? They they got some things to figure out. And when when asked about it, Bill Belichick did the Bill Belichick thing, and he said, "Well, I'm focused on the Colts for this week. That's who we play." So, you know, he's just going to keep doing his thing, and I don't think he really even cares if he gets fired or not. He's just so, such a in-the-zone type of guy. But it's we haven't seen New England struggle this much ever while he's been coaching, while, <laughs> while the two of us have been alive for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but they got to figure some things out. And maybe this is the type of deal where they're, like Luke said, there's a lot of good quarterbacks available in this yeah, next I year. I think they could definitely – it's, it's kind of tough to try to decide which teams might be shopping for a quarterback in the draft, but I think the Patriots are definitely one. I think them. the Patriots definitely need to get an upgrade at the quarterback position. And then they, you know, for the longest time, Belichick was was winning throughout the league, and then it almost looked like he was trying to make winning more difficult for himself by signing pretty middle of the road players, and it was, and he kept winning, and he was winning Super Bowls with almost no all-star players and it was just like wow this guy is incredible and now that's kind of coming back and and biting him in the rear a little bit where he's seeing that he's not having quite the success as some of the teams with more talented rosters but if anybody can figure something like this out it's it's probably bill belichick one of the greatest coaches of all time Mm -hmm. well that's all the time we have for today but we are going to be back 
with more football talk, more local sports talk. So if you like this episode, keep listening, tell your friends, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Yeah, football.